Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hi, guys. Uh, we are back with a new episode of Real Wives in Radio. I'm Dorothy. And I'm Tanya. And today we have a really special guest. We're just going to cut right to it. No pop-off because something big happened last week that had us shook Mm -hmm. as women. Uh, I was shocked and appalled. Like, I could not believe. I felt like we are living at the very beginning of The Handmaid's Tale. I'm talking about the abortion ban. Okay, listen. I don't know what you mean by that because I don't watch that show, but I've heard that this is, I don't know, uh, similar? It's very similar. I mean, that show, if you haven't seen it, it's on Hulu. Uh, It's pretty much about uh, the government taking over and uh, religion gets mixed in with government and becomes like super duper crazy and very uh, like they're tyrants the way that it's run. Uh, And women have no rights. They're just there to be uh, subservient and they're forced to have babies by these guys uh, to, to continue this this terrible way of living. And what what is the time like the, it's in the future. Oh, it's in the future. <laughs> yeah, so it's like it's like America <gasps> has a civil war and like it's kind of like these crazy religious people win the south and then the north is like the free area or you got to go to Canada, you know. And Ooh. um Elizabeth, what's her face from oh, Mad Love Men. her, love her, love she's her. She's super good, but yeah. she's like the main girl in it. Yeah. yeah. So we have a guest today because yes. we're going to be talking about what is happening with this anti-abortion law or bill that happened in Alabama that passed in Alabama and her name is Nora Vargas. Yes. Hi, Nora. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Of course. Thank. It's we were talking about this, and we actually had something different planned for this podcast. We we're going to bring the husbands on, which don't worry, guys, they're going to come on <laughs> soon. Yes. But this is so we had to. I mean, there was no way that we could not talk about this. Absolutely, we're all about this kind of these kind of topics and talking about these kind of well, things on our podcast, and especially because you know people don't talk about it that much they don't dive deep into it and it's such a important human's right issue not just a woman's issue i believe you know and uh, nora you're the vice president of community and government relations for planned parenthood of the pacific southwest and we thought you'd be the perfect person to talk to you about this thank you thank you well it's unfortunate to have to come up on radio or anywhere else to talk about these issues because we we do feel like we're regressing yeah right um but i'm happy here to be here and share information factual information about what's actually going on and what people can do to get engaged and just because it's happening it doesn't mean it's the end and there's things that we can do to keep um, moving forward and changing because i think that's the reason why i'm involved in politics why Mm. i do civic engagement is because i actually do believe that people have the power to take back these um houses and these legislatures to make sure that um women's voices are heard i love that okay so let's start with who you are i want to know your background because i only know your name and kind of briefly who you are but i want to know like where you where you came from you know your journey to where you are now and where you plan on being in the future and and your story with planned parenthood too that's so badass i love that (laughs) so um 
I grew up in Tijuana. I'm a binational border kid, right? Going, I was very, one of the fortunate ones that actually could go back and forth okay. um, as I was growing up, and it was really normal to go across the border and grab milk or whatever, mm-hmm. right? And my aunts and my uncles lived here as well. Um, later on, I actually moved over here to San Diego, so I've been in my community for over 30 plus years okay. and uh, grew up in the South Bay, went to Montgomery High School. Nice. Yeah, go Aztec South College, <laughs> right? Um, and then I transferred away to the University of San Francisco. I was really engaged. Um, like in Mecha when I was a student, and I did a lot of activism uh, in high school. We opened up the first uh, Latino newspaper at Montgomery High School, and wow. there's other people leading the charge, and I was just kind of, you know, uh, supporting and helping. But I've always been engaged, always believed that um, people should have access to rights. Um, when I went out to the University of San Francisco, that's when um, it was the year of the woman. So that's how old I am. I'm pretty old. It was in the early uh, 1990s. And, you know, I was really active and engaged around women's issues. And for me, the big question was, how do we talk about access? How do we talk about choice, Um, particularly to women who may not have that access or that choice? Mm -hmm. And a lot of the work that I was doing was in Latin America. And I thought, you know, the women in Latin America and Mexico may not have those rights. But then I realized, actually, it's happening here in our own backyards and in our communities. And because I'm bilingual and bicultural, I started, you know, I felt like I, I actually had a very different perspective than other people could, would have. And so I started getting engaged um, at the college level and um, and then, you know, became a patient of Planned Parenthood. Okay. And, you know, in my family, nobody talked about sex. Right. Oh, then, girl, same, same. You know? same right here. Same here. <laughs> Strict Catholic my, Asians. Uh, my mom I used to teach like, catechism. I always tell people. You used to teach catechism? I used to teach catechism and I went to all those, like, you know, Mexico City to do the... You know, ofrendas and like you know, like uh, pray and all yeah, that good mm-hmm. stuff. So I, I mean, I'm Catholic and I'm really a proud Catholic, but um, we didn't, we weren't supposed to ask questions. And it wasn't because my parents were bad people. No. It's just that it just was taboo to even. Have oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. That, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 I'm very close to my mom as we had her on yeah. the other day for the podcast, and but it was like when we just didn't talk about it. No, yeah. just like oh my gosh, mom, like good thing I came out like somewhat okay. Like <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, you know, yeah. like I just looking back now, I'm just like, how did we not ever talk? about it but thank god for places like Planned Parenthood you know so I had a friend in LA who took me to Planned Parenthood uh, when I was at USF and she was from LA and she knew like everything and so she took me and I um, received all the care that I needed and so I kind of fell in love with the organization and then when I became a political activist and worked for a local member of Congress did a lot of community work they really were trying to get young people engaged um, with the organization and as a Latina and somebody who was really doing a lot of grassroots organizing they said you know join our board so I joined their board in my early 20s wow. and became very engaged and then um, I always love telling people I fell in love and moved to Orange County I was looking for a job and Planned Parenthood had a job and that's nice. how I ended up um, you know uh, uh, getting a job there and I became a director and then I became the first Latina executive in Orange County yeah. Cool. I mean, I still, you know, I also became the first one in San Diego um, at our Planned Parenthood. I'm really proud of that, but I've made sure that I haven't been the last, right? So I make sure that other uh, women and people of color are engaged in the organization and continue to do great things. But anyway, so... Um, I have been active with Planned Parenthood probably about 20 years. Wow. That's great. And it's the best organization in terms of the work that we do. And it, we're always changing, trying to make sure we're meeting people where they're at. 
And about in 2013, things were um, happening. I was back here in San Diego living in Chula Vista, and uh, there was an opening for a community college board, Southwestern College, so I went there. And I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm okay with being on the background in politics. I don't really need to be in the forefront. But there was a lot of stuff happening, and I decided, you know what, put your money where your mouth is. And so I, um, I ran for the appointment process, and I didn't get it the first time. And the second time, I did get it. And then I got elected in 2014 and reelected in 2018. So I've been officially an elected official now since 2013. And, wow. Um, yeah, and that's it's cool. I mean, that's a little bit scary to put yourself out there like that. It is. Everybody knows everything about you yeah. and how you behave. And right. uh, <laughs> I always behave. I'm a good girl. But uh, but no, I mean, you know, it's it's um, when you do it for the right reasons and you have passion and commitment for it, it's, you know, there are some t- days that are tough, but in the end, to be able to do good work for our students and, you know, having been in their shoes and now be being able to make decisions that really impact impacts them and really be their advocate, I think it's really, it makes me really proud to be it's able to do It's got to be so rewarding, yeah. Yeah, Like, is. that's is. amazing. Is. Your, your journey to where you are now is... Yeah. You're so accomplished, yeah. and you still want to do so much more. I do, I do. So, um, so the governor, Governor Brown, appointed me, and again, I became the first Latina on something called the Calsters Board, the California Teacher Retirement Board, which is the largest pension. So, all those teachers out there, and the, most of the teachers are women and women mm-hmm. of color. So, I'm really proud to serve on their board. We we manage about 250 billion dollars, right? And I love telling that story yes. because when I was uh, asked by the governor or told by the governor that I was going to be on that board, Governor Brown, I said, "Oh, I'm not sure that I'm the right person for the job." And like most women, you know, I was like, oh, you find somebody else. And and then I got on that board and I realized that I do know more than I even believed that I, I yeah, knew, right? Yeah. And then I had a perspective that was very different than other folks. So I've been able to be on that board and make really tough decisions, like making sure that we, you know, no longer put our money in private prisons or mm-hmm. things yes. of that nature, yeah. or, you know, or um, really, you know, uh, environmental issues and issues that really matter. So I think for me, it's been a really cool journey to be able to, as an elected official and a representative on these boards, to do really good things that are actually impacting our community. All while I have my full-time job at Planned Parenthood. <laughs> which is- <laughs> Doing the most, as doing you're it all, like right? listing yeah. all these things, I'm like, how does she have the time? I like, I and I have even... fun. I have a lot yeah, of fun doing yeah. it because I love it. And you look great. Oh, like, you oh, don't look you. like super run down no, or anything. Like, how do you do it? What's your secret? Um, I don't know. I started going to play fishing on Sunday, so that's my. Secret. But anyway, I try to do other stuff on the side to make sure I stay, um, you know, grounded. Balance, yeah, yeah. But I think for me, it's my commitment and my passion to the community. I think that keeps me going. And I also, you know, I always tell people because you know, someday you should all do a, a show on what it's like to run for office and what that means because that's yeah. it's a whole other different animal. But I'll say to you that um, I'm really lucky to have, you know, I have a really great boss that supports me. And so when I ran for the college board, she's like, oh, yeah, I'll be you with you 100%. You know, you just have to do your job and do, <laughs> do yeah, your yeah. job well. And I did. And now that I'm running, I'm running for the Board of Supervisors District 1 and I'm um, in San Diego, the southern part of San Diego. And, and for that seat as well, you know, they, they've been very supportive and I've, I have to make sure I balance it out, right? Because uh, I can't, you know, there's a lot to manage. But right. but having the support of your employee and, and your coworkers and your colleagues uh, makes a difference. Yeah. Uh, because a lot of women don't want to run for office because, you know, the spotlight is on you right. and there's a lot of negativity around it. And so in order for us to make change, we have to step up and do it ourselves. And so um, I'm really, I feel good. Yeah. And that's why, I'm, you know, I've always been proud of the work that we do at Planned Parenthood. But I think... We're a good organization to work for, and we're always striving to really elevate people so that they can continue to move 
forward yeah. in your jobs and so on. Now let's let, let's talk about this abortion ban in Alabama and what it really means. Yeah. Like, can you uh, break it down for us? Yeah, yeah, for somebody maybe who's been like hiding under a rock for the right. last like week. What it, what does this mean? Yeah. So uh, Alabama passed the most restrictive abortion ban, um, you know, in in our life, in our history. And so what that means is that it doesn't matter uh, what the reason would be for you to get an abortion. You would just not have access. And so um, it's really scary that this is happening yeah. in, uh, during this you know period of time because the reality is that it's also happening in in you know or Georgia, mm-hmm. Ohio, Kentucky, and Mississippi, and then Missouri also passed an um, eighteen week ban. I'm sorry, eight week ban last week. And so, what's happening is is sort of this political move by the conservatives to really begin to uh, ban abortion at in the, throughout the states. The governors sign it, and then what they want is the lawsuits to happen because we're we're suing them, right? And then it goes uh, to the Supreme, to the Supreme Court, Court right? and with Trump and Kavanaugh, you know, we're really concerned about what that's going to mean. Yeah, and because so, that, what is that going to mean? I read that it, uh, that they eventually that they are being so restrictive because they want people to sue. So it goes to the Supreme Court, yeah. and because it's a, a conservative Supreme Court, uh, you know, all the justices yeah. that they're going to ultimately overturn Roe versus Wade. Yeah, and what they want to do is they want to. Uh, um, you know, ban abortion outright. That's mm-hmm. what at a federal is. level instead of just and, at a state level. And what wow. they've done really well, I think, and by they, them, I mean Jeez. extreme conservatives, is that um, you know, because there was a point in time where conservatives and you know liberals would work together on issues of women's rights and reproductive access, and there were Republicans and Democrats on both sides supporting these issues. It was like a normal thing to do, but um, it's. It's really has changed now, yeah. and it's extreme. it's so extreme. Extremes, yeah, it's the extreme. And so, what's really harmful for this, and is that not only are they doing it through like the legislation, right? They do it through Title Ten or through other regulations to try to prevent women to be able to have access. So, you know, um, one of the things is that they would actually criminalize the doctor that would perform the abortion, right? So you're doing, you know, you're performing an abortion for someone for whatever reason they make a decision to have an abortion, uh, that person can go to jail. And so that creates a big problem for for um, our doctors and our medical providers who all are they're doing is they're providing a health care Right. Service. Service. Right. Right. But because there's so much stigma around abortion, right? And, and I don't know if you've heard, right? A lot of people say, well, oh my God, even in, ra- in uh, rapes or incest, right. even in that, those cases, they're not doing it. And so what's happening is that they're taking back the rhetoric the conservatives are and saying, like, well, you should only be able to do it under certain circumstances. And the reality is that abortion is a safe and legal procedure that should ha- be able to have, you know, accessible to everyone, right. no matter what. And so it's, it's a, uh, it's a really big deal, I think, um, for women across the country, and even in California, right? Well, that's yeah. my, what was my one of my questions. So, this is happening in Alabama right now, and you're yeah. saying possibly in other places too. It has it, happened. It already. has already. Uh-huh. Okay. So yeah. how? How close is it to get to changing our lives here in California? I mean, I know I know it's much different over here, yeah. but I mean, what is the reality of that? Yeah, so there's 15 state bans on abortion that have passed in the first five months of 2019. That's 15 bans already. That's so what? crazy. That's so in many the states of America. Yeah, 15 bans. So 
What happens in California is like, so I'll, I'll be really honest, you know, Planned Parenthood has been very engaged in advocacy for many years in yeah. California. And we've been able to really work really hard with other groups and other organizations to ensure that women have access um, and families. And we actually have a governor now. Governor um, Newsom was here over the weekend on Saturday. Oh, and, I saw, uh, yeah. With some of the legislators, and we had a big rally with him. And it was a healthcare rally, really healthcare for all, you know, California for all, right? And it really is this idea that everybody should have access to healthcare, including abortion, and there shouldn't be stigma. So he's actually working on expanding services for women, so that we actually are able to provide more resources, and and uh, we can have people, you know, come to our centers and so on. That's great. And so, um, so we're lucky in that sense, right? And we have a good. The majority of our legislators are are pro Planned Parenthood, pro women's issues, and pro family, which is mm-hmm. I think really really important, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So anything from diapers to birth control, it's not just one Love or that. the other, right? And so um, so we're in a good place. The problem is is that you know if even though we're a state that protects privacy, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So it's sort of like the Roe versus Wade, we have it in California. And most people don't realize that that didn't happen until like the early 2000s. People think it happened a long time ago, but it didn't. It actually happened in the early 2000s uh, with uh, one of the senators who actually made that, what they call codify it under law. So now it's the law. Okay. Um, but the reality is that there could be other things that are changed through our members of the House of Representatives okay. that could have an impact. So let's say, for instance, the, it no longer falls under like a law around privacy. It mm-hmm. can fall under like if they give uh, personhood rights to the fetus, right? So if things mm-hmm. change right now, right now, you know, women have rights, and right. so yeah. they make a decision with their bodies. So let's say they decide, okay, the fetus has rights, and so then it completely changes. Right, because then, the, 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 then it's like, okay, well, then who, how can, if the fetus has oh rights, who speaks on behalf of the fetus, yes. but the woman's carrying it, so what yeah. happens to her rights? Yeah. Exactly. So it's just so tricky, like yeah. how... Yeah. I'm, right. Like, how do you even how do you even how navigate that? Yeah. So, how close is are we to something like that happening in California? We're yeah. gonna, you know we're going to keep fighting it in California. Okay. I think that we are in a good place, like I said, with the governor that we have, the members of the legislature. But what I always say to folks is, it's still not enough. Because look, I'll no. be honest. In about four years ago, we opened up the first health center for Planned Parenthood in Imperial County. It took us a lot of work, and, and it was really as wow. a result of people in Imperial County asking us, for, right, I think, I think your, is it your husband? My from husband's Brawley? from out there, yeah. yeah so I spent mm-hmm. a lot of time in El Centro Calexico, Brawley, everywhere, yeah. right? and um, and the community really wanted us, but the but meaning like the, the people, people who needed the mm-hmm. health care. But a lot of the, the undertones of the conservative groups there, like, didn't want yeah. us there, and so we had to, it took us forever to open up a health center and, you know, to the point that, you know, we had protesters every day and like, wow. and this, oh these God. are just people being able to get like, They just want basic health care exactly. that, that aren't provided to them from their government. And I'll tell you, uh, forget about the fact that, you know, uh, we can talk about abortion separately, but in Imperial County, for instance, if you were trying to get birth control or you have like a UTI or something, you would have to wait for hours and hours at a local clinic because there wasn't, a, you know, the need is so great. Wow. Um, um, but if you wanted to have an abortion, you would have to drive at least two hours to Coachella or two hours Jeez. to San Diego. And so think about the women who really don't have access, right? right. So if you have wow, money, you will you always have access. things into perspective right, right? now. For uh, somebody who lives like in Imperial County, you said they have to drive like two hours. But I can't imagine 
either not being like in Alabama and yeah. not, not even not only having access, like not even even being able to right. do that. Yeah. And, and then, not having the option. And then yeah. going somewhere where, where you're having unsafe abortions <sighs> that are like gosh. illegal and that will leave your body. Yeah. Like you could be off in worse conditions. You could die. Yeah. yeah. Because that, that service isn't provided to, to you. women before. Right. right. And I think, you know, let's not go that far, right? I mean, okay. we live really close to the San Diego, Tijuana, Mexico border and mm-hmm. abortions are illegal in yeah. Mexico, right? And so um, you, we know what happens yeah. when women don't have access to reproductive health care. And so, you know, when we talk about it at Planned Parenthood, we, talk, we really talk about, you know, the broad um, array of services that we provide, right? And it's really about a woman's reproductive health care throughout their years. It's not mm-hmm. just one thing or another. Right. And, and I think that's where the prevention piece and getting information to folks and women having access to abortion, that's really important and, and really um, having conversations. And I think that this is why, like, you know, it's important to be on podcasts and to be able to have conversations with folks who are out there. Because people think, oh, it's fine, California. No, no pasa nada. Nothing's mm-hmm. going to happen here. Everything's going to be fine. But the truth is, is that, you know, things could change if you have a different legislature, if you have a different governor. Oh, yeah. And it can change in a minute. And uh, and I think people, you know, need to be reminded. And that's why it's so important for people to get engaged. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Look, people say, oh, I hate politicians. I hate politics. That's right. what everybody says. Yeah. I but used to be one people, of those people. Yeah, Literally but, years ago, I used to be one of those people. Yeah. And then I realized... Well, that's not doing anything. Like right. that's not, doing, not doing me good. That's not doing anybody in my community good. That's yeah. not. Yeah, because it's your resources, right? It's right. your taxpayer money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it is your you. Yeah. You go to work every day. You pay taxes, and it's all of this is uh, you know we get to make decisions right. on your behalf. And if we don't hear from you, then we're gonna do what's best for us. And you know, there's some good ones like me. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> but what if you're not? You know, what if you have a very different perspective? Right. Where our values are not aligned, and that's why it's so important that people get engaged. To be active yeah. and about it and be informed, yeah. for and sure. And I think, you know, the thing about it is if you, you know, people talk about it's not, you know, it's not just about abortion, but it's about um, also about women as a whole, right? If you look at what's happening in places like Alabama and Georgia and all these places, it's really attacking poor women and black women, right? It really is an attack on we don't want you to reproduce. We want to tell you what to do. If you have access to money, you can go anywhere. Mm. That's true. Anywhere. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah. I mean, and you know, um, but if you don't, then you are absolutely impacted what they're, by what they're doing. So what can we do or what should we be doing other than being engaged and informing ourselves on what's going on in Alabama and Georgia? What else can we do to make a difference to yeah, prevent this, something like this happening again or anywhere else? Or I think the prevention piece um, is really getting engaged and really getting active and letting people know what's happening. People can get, I mean, there's going to be a presidential race in 2020. That makes a huge difference. And, right. you know, and I always say to folks, this is not about, not about being political. This is about sort of the state of this country and where do we want it to be mm-hmm. and what are your values and mm-hmm. what do you want? And if you believe in the president that we have, then that that's a person's prerogative and and it is what it is but but if you don't then get engaged because you know California primaries are being moved to March so the you, we will have a big impact on what happens nationally mm-hmm. right and that matters um, whoever you know learn more about the candidates and what they're doing and what they're running for support organizations not just like Planned Parenthood but Sister Song or um, the California Latinas for Reproductive Justice there's a lot of organizations that are really focused on engaging on um, prevention and legislation to really advocate 
to expand services, not just not just uh, we want to keep what we have, but right. really to expand services. And then there's organizations like 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 Sister Song and other organizations in the South that are also working to um, you know create a barrier so that it doesn't continue to be as bad as it is for women out there and stuff. What is Sisters Song? Sisters Song is an organization that actually was created um, to really advocate for women of color, particularly it was um, founded by African-American women, um, Asian women, and Latinas who came together um, and you know because they wanted to make sure that they had a space within the reproductive rights movement. And really there's a whole like sort of the movement is under the reproductive justice movement, which really is talking about like it's not just about choice, it's about access because it doesn't matter if you have a choice if you don't have access right. to services. Mm-hmm. And so how do we make sure that we have that? And that's really how my journey began with Planned Parenthood. It was really about what do we do about women, women of color, who otherwise may not have access to these mm-hmm. services, and how do we fight for them to be able to have them? And and here we are. You know, I've been with my parenthood, like I said, over 20 years, and some days are tougher than others. But to see what um, this president and what um, you know the threats that we have with this Supreme Court, it's. It's pretty scary because yeah, it's terrifying. Look, I always yeah. tell it's people, legit terrifying. I mean, like I'm I'm 47, right? So I'm kind of like you know I'm good. Like I have a good job and things are good. But in my nieces, right, 16, 17, my yeah. sister, my my nephews, all these young people. I mean, we want them to have a. A future where they have rights, not less rights. Oh, of right. course, of right? course. I mean, that's why we've all fought so hard to, you know, try to move forward. And right. so that's that's a scary part. But you did say at the beginning of this podcast that there is, yeah, hope always. Yes, always hope. So and getting engaged. I yes. mean, and I know it seems like you know, I'm like, I have people who come in phone bank right to call into Alabama. They call to Georgia. They, you know, when we have the elections and mm-hmm. governors races, because we you can do that from from California, right? There's a whole bunch of organizations that are actively engaged um, outside of California, but you don't have to fly or go anywhere in Nevada. And people are like, oh, but I hate calling people on the phone because you know I only got three people to respond. You know, three people in an election can make a really big difference. Yeah. Oh, it's like I mean. ratings in radio. <laughs> Yeah, we true. have these little things called little meters, uh-huh. uh, and people are supposed to carry them. And it's a small selection, a small sample, real small, real, real, real small. Uh-huh. But th- like you said, those three meters, th- yeah. those three people can make a huge yeah. difference if they stop yeah. listening to you for like a week. Yeah. Your dr- ratings Done. could dramatically yeah. drop. Yeah. <laughs> like it's crazy. I, so uh, you see what you mean? Yeah, and so that that's important. The other thing to to know is that some of this stuff um, they pass, but they some not everything has been. Uh, officially become law yet. Okay. So it's good for folks to know that they can still go to their Planned Parenthoods. They can still get services. I mean, I will tell you that, for instance, we saw an influx of people as soon as um, the new administration came in two years ago. A lot of people were coming in for long-term contraception and also because they were worried about whether they were not going to have access or not. So right now, people still have um, access, mm-hmm. um, and, but we want to continue to fight to make sure. Yeah. Can, can I just say thank God for Planned Parenthood growing <laughs> up? You. Oh my uh, gosh. Yeah. Like we were talking about, I mean, my parents are strict Asian parents. We never talked about sex. My sister uh, was a teen mom, and so it was even more extreme. Like, you can't date. You can't talk to anybody. Like, you can't be having sex. And And you only have sisters. uh, Yeah, four sisters. Total of five. Yeah, and so you know, like when I was curious and when I was becoming sexually active, like I couldn't talk to my mom about that. I couldn't talk to my dad about that. And it's like, thank God, you're right. I could go to Planned Parenthood. That's where I. 
got the sex talk. Exactly. That's where I got my sex talk. Mom, I love you, but it just yeah. never happened. But yeah, you're right. Yeah. That's where I got the sex talk. You know? And, and I'm with- so fortunate to have had that and I've had that safe space yeah. where you, you were, didn't feel judged and like And that's exactly what it was for answered. me was a safe space and uh, to get informed about just everything, like just STIs, your reproductive health. Everything, uh, yeah. You, you know, and it, it, yeah. it's a great resource to have. And I think about like, God, if my niece didn't have that, yeah. I mean- She's she's 12, 13, but like growing up when she gets older, I wouldn't want that right to be taken away from her. Right. I mean, well, think about it. So right now there was some, there's something called the California Healthy Youth Act that was passed in the legislature. And so what that means is that you get to, um, you know, learn comprehensive sex education in the schools. And there is this big, uh, you know, group of folks who are anti comprehensive sex ed that are saying no our young people should not have access and there's a lot of misinformation a lot of lies about what people are being taught right and the reality is that young people just want to have the information so that they can make the best choices Mm -hmm. and we know like scientifically it's proven that the more information you have that's age appropriate right right? right. you're not going to have the same conversation with a 12 year old that you are going to have with a 6 year old that's Mm -hmm. absolutely questions about like what is this potty part you know I mean it's a very different you know little young people want to explore they want to ask questions and you should be able to give them that and so a lot of times parents don't have that but you know, at Planned Parenthood, we try to make sure that, that people have access to that information. But there's um, San Diego Unified County Board of Education. Some of these folks um, down here are really organizing against it. But it's not just happening in San Diego. It's happening across the country and like uh, and across the state, Fresno, Bakersfield, some of these areas where there's pockets of conservatism mm. where you have mm-hmm. small pocket of parents that are very engaged. And the the challenge is, is that most parents, you know, most parents have jobs and all sorts right. of other stuff. So they're like, it'll be fine. They'll get the information at their school mm. and stuff, but they don't realize that there's this new stuff happening. Right. And it's right, right. people having information. Wow. <sighs> okay. But I need to leave you with a positive note. Yes, please. Yeah. So I think that the important <laughs> thing is that, that <laughs> in California. That big breath I just said. Yeah, please I know. give you all I the positive I don't info. want to use negative information only. But I think uh, what's really important about this, the, most, the more people are informed, the more people are engaged, the better they become advocates for um, their, you know, their kids, and also for women across the country and in the state. And so there is a lot of information. You know, um, they can go to plan.org. They um, are able to kind of follow us what we're doing at Planned Parenthood. But more importantly, I think, uh, you know. I think this is a time where we can make a decision about what we want the future of our country to be. Mm-hmm. And the more we get engaged and the more we understand what's happening and we just speak up, right? Have we the all- conversation. Absolutely. Have the conversation, yeah. whether you think it applies to you or not. You know, it may not now, but it may one day or, you know, it may evolve into something that may affect you in the future. Oh, yeah. It, it, have the conversation. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. Well, and if you use your platforms, right, social media, any type of Instagram, Facebook, whatever people use, because there's something, something always new every day, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think those are all other ways that people could just provide opinions and have, you know, not be afraid to stand up right now more there than ever. There is something I have to say about that, just because, yeah, social media is a great way to spread information. So I, I have to say, like, sometimes I'm skeptical to do that because it's also an easy way to spread false information. Oh, yeah. So I just I like trolls. It, 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 for <laughs> yeah. me, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's just like one of those things that I guess I just have to 
do my homework, right, and figure out what's really going on and what's not. But yeah. but I think telling stories, right, telling stories about how like you know, um, you know, healthcare or reproduction is is very different for everybody. And I, you know, both of you have had or shared stories about yourselves mm-hmm. on the radio and mm-hmm. talked about your different journeys and all that. I think that's important because I think the more we we demystify what reproductive reproductive health is the more people are going to be okay with asking mm-hmm. questions right. and feeling like oh my god that happened to me or like oh I wish I would have known more about that or what opportunities or what's out there for me right yeah. and sometimes people don't even know that they can have those conversations right yeah I mean the stuff that I learned in high school about sex I was like what I'm like <laughs> I mean yeah. I was an actor but I still like you know like the right. things I heard right right, and right. So right. I'm like oh my god so and now that little Catholic girls <laughs> <laughs> I know so anyway. Well, thank you so much for being on with us, Nora. Like that was really great and really informative. And now for people to find you and get more info about you and uh, running for county supervisor, how do we do that? That's uh, NoraVargas.com. Hey. Check in. And uh, we're constantly having events and information. But, you know, um, I think what I love to say to folks is that this is not just about me, right? And yes, I would be making history as the first Latina to be on the board of supervisors or the first woman of color. But this is really about our community having a voice. Um, on the Board of Supervisors and shaking things up and mm-hmm. changing things so that um, the future of San Diego is one that everyone's thriving, not jo- not only a few. So yeah. I'm excited about it. We're excited too. So NoraVargas.com? Yes. That's easy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> N-O-R-A, right? Yes. yes. Okay. Uh-huh. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us and feel free to come back whenever Ever. because yeah. you know all the things. <laughs> I know. You do. You just yeah. like the way you explain it is just like, oh, okay. Well, I get it. Easier. It's terms. Like, yes. I don't feel like a dummy. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> well, thank, you. thank you for having me. Of course, thank you. You can find um, Dorothy on social media. At Dorothy on air or listen to me Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 2 on Kixie 96.5. Yes, and you can find me on uh, Instagram at I'm Tanya Gonzalez. And you can listen to me with uh, John and Tammy in the morning um, from 5 a.m. to 9 a.m. on 103.7 KSON, which you're a fan of. Super country <laughs> fan. Yeah, I yeah. love it. Oh, my God, it's my thing. Favorite country artists? Oh, my God. All of them. I don't have one. I'm actually just really depressed because I didn't go to stagecoach this year because oh. I was uh, campaigning. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Next year. Next year. Next year. Next year. Exactly. <laughs> Shelton is always my favorite. But Reba McIntyre. Yeah. I don't know. All yeah. of them. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. cool. Awesome. <laughs> well, um, thank you again for joining us. And we will have to check out your website and learn more about you. Mm-hmm. And hopefully see you up there. Yes. Right? Yes. Breaking uh-huh. ground. Yes, exactly. Yes. Thank, thank you, Nora. You. Thank you, ladies. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.